0: This Marketplace podcast is supported by Mosey Cloud Backup by EMC, where over 80,000 businesses use Mosey to back up their critical business files in secure data centers. Learn more at Mosey.com. Mosey, it's always there. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. In Rome today, no new pope
1: on day one. Not our story, I know, but here's one that is. In Washington, Paul Ryan has a new budget. New-ish, anyway. Also, think quick now. What's your favorite processed food? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace.
0: Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts.
1: From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Risdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 12th of March. Good as always to have you with us, gang. Paul Ryan, most recently the vice presidential candidate of the Republican Party, currently the chairman of the House Budget Committee, came out with his latest budget today. It's called, as was his last one, the Path to prosperity. Besides the title, there's a lot of other familiar stuff in there. Trillions of dollars in spending cuts, big changes to government programs. It promises a balanced budget 10 years from now. But getting there requires, well, some economists call them assumptions. Regular people call them guesses. Marketplace's David Gura gets us going today.
2: Don't let all the numbers and charts fool you. Budgeting is imprecise. That's something Congressman Paul Ryan seemed to acknowledge. You see, balancing the budget is not simply an act of arithmetic, not just getting expenditures and revenues to add up. Lawmakers' budgets are based on forecasts, predictions, conjecture. June O'Neill teaches economics at Baruch College. In the 90s, she headed the Congressional Budget Office. And O'Neill says it'd be an accident if those forecasts ever came true.
0: Yogi Berra once said, it's difficult to make forecasts because we don't know what's going to happen in the future.
2: Especially in the long term.
0: How can we possibly guess the behavior of all the different parts of the budget?
2: Those parts include demographic changes and GDP. And no one knows how fast the economy is going to grow, or if it's going to grow. PhDs can make model after complicated model, but they can't predict what the unemployment rate is going to be in a decade. Ryan says he expects economic growth will outpace a rise in government spending of 3.4 percent. Randy Krosner is an economics professor at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. If you're going to be looking
1: out at the budget over the next 10 years, you're forced to make an assumption.
2: Lots of them, really. And that's what Paul Ryan has done, including political assumptions. A big one is that Congress will repeal President Obama's health care law. Another one is more fundamental, that our priority right now should be to balance the budget. David Kendall is a senior fellow at a think tank called Third Way. He says not everyone's sold on that point.
1: Most economists think that if we have about a 3% deficit, that makes it a sustainable
2: deficit. The Democrats will make their rebuttal tomorrow when Senator Patty Murray, the chair of the Senate Budget Committee, unveils her budget based on her own set of assumptions. In Washington, I'm David Gura for Marketplace. So,
1: listen, I've got some good news, and then I've got some not-so-good news as we move on. What do you say we go with the not-so-good first, just to get that out of the way? As of the end of last year, Americans were borrowing money at the fastest clip since 2008. The good news is that as of the end of last year, Americans were borrowing money at the fastest clip since 2008. It is the paradox of debt, leverage, as Wall Street likes to say, and economic growth. The numbers are courtesy of the Federal Reserve. They have been collated and curated by Matt Phillips at the business website Quartz. Matt, it's good to have you with us. Hey, good to be here. So listen, I got a word for you, man. You ready? Yes. Deleveraging, right? I thought that was what the whole crisis thing was all about. And now we're, what, releveraging? We could be. We could be re-leveraging <laughs> right back up. Uh, hopefully not as highly leveraged as the country got before the crisis. But yes, it uh, looks like consumers as a whole are, are taking on debt again, which is actually, for the economy in the short term, a good thing. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But the first thing I want to know is what are we uh, piling on this debt to buy? What are we using this debt for?
0: Well, it's still,
1: by and large, not mortgage debt. So we're okay. still not completely out of there. It's uh, it's cars and uh, college basically a uh, student debt and auto loan debt that's that's the big part of it can I take it from this that that there is credit out there for those who want to borrow i mean if, if you're a qualified borrower you can find money to borrow